0: Have you ever been there? Everything just seems to overwhelm you. There's something going on that is so intense in your life, so painful, so just incredibly just burdensome that you can't do anything but just sit and you almost want to weep and cry. I've had several experiences. I've shared with you about Jonathan and the surgeries and and all that. That was a pretty intense time in my life. But one of the times that I was able to be there for someone else was they had three children, three beautiful children. And they were older. One was about to go into high school. One was in middle school. And one was about to about fourth or fifth grade. And they found out that they were expecting another child. They were over the moon. This was a surprise, but they were over the moon. What well, quickly found out that there was some difficulties with the child, and that the baby wasn't going to make it. He had the trisomy 18, I believe, and it's just not sustainable with life. And so the baby passed in the mom's womb, and she had to deliver her baby boy. And they had to bury him the day before Easter. And they asked me to do that service. And you're sitting there and you're looking at this absolutely tiny casket. And you're like, how is this possible? How is this even okay? And I, and I struggle with that and I, I wanted to present them with something that was going to offer comfort. But in that moment, and even now you could probably tell, I couldn't find comfort We prayed a lot. We sang a song that the mom liked. And we buried their baby boy. The next day was Easter Sunday. You kind of have to change things up and and put things, a, a smile on your face. I mean, he is risen. He is risen indeed, right? How sweet to hold a newborn baby and see the look and joy he gives. This is a song that they were singing that Sunday morning. And I'm looking out at the mom and dad and three kids as tears are just pouring from their eyes. And everybody else is rejoicing. It is sweet to hold a newborn baby. But they were in a pit of hell at that moment. You've been there, right? Maybe not that situation. But a situation that you find yourself so overcome. And then the good thing is we've got friends, right? Or maybe in the bad times we have friends. Job was there. Job we talked about last week and we're continuing in our series today. He had lost his farm and the people that cared for his farm and his animals. And he had lost his children his skin was sores and getting eaten away, and he's just sitting there. And he's got these friends, and they're helping him out by saying nothing for seven days, right? Life is good. They don't talk. They don't bring it up. But after that point, they're like, this is it. we got to get over this. we got to move on. You got friends like that? They try to offer these words of comfort in such difficult times. Be careful what you say to the grieving Be careful what you say to those who have lost or who are hurting or who are broken. Because in that time you can do more damage by your words. And so our scripture this morning is the response that Job is speaking He's crying out to God. He's he's speaking about this. but, But this is what we hear today. It is Job chapter 23, verses 1 through 9, and then we skip down to verses 16 and 17. The words will be up on the screen, but they're also in your bulletin if you want to follow along. Job answered, Today my complaint is again bitter. My strength is weighed down because of my groaning. Oh, that I could know how to find him, come to his dwelling place. I would lay out my case before him, fill my mouth with arguments, know the words with which he would answer, understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me through brute force? No, he would surely listen to me. There are those who do the right thing, can argue with him. I could escape from my judge forever. Look, I go east and he's not there. West and I don't discover him. North in the activity, his activity and I don't grasp him. He turns south and I don't see him. Verse 16, God has weakened my mind. The Almighty has frightened me. Still, I'm not annihilated by darkness. He has hidden deep darkness from me. This is the word of God for us today. I hope you weren't coming to church today to get a warm fuzzy. I think you've already realized that's not really going to happen with this passage of scripture, right? You may have come to church feeling good, feeling excited, but I think the weather is one of the things that kind of already brings us into that little down mood. Maybe God knew that we were going to be speaking about Job today, so he wanted to set the stage a little bit, right? I mean, some people are coming back from Key West. It's hard to really be excited about this weather, okay? We experience God in this place, even in our ups and downs, our trials and hurt. The main question we can come back to and we ask a lot is, where is God? Where is God in this hurt? Where is God in this pain and this heartache? We struggle. We fight against all of our understanding to figure out where is God in this place? I find myself at times wondering when this circle Is going to stop. When the Ferris wheel will end. Because it seems like life gets good. Everything's happy. And then you got to come back down. And you're in the deep again. And when we live in that, it's hard to kind of get a balance. It's hard to get a structure and an understanding of of what to do next. Of how to help someone else who finds themselves always at the bottom. You see... In our service to God, we question these things. But do you understand all throughout history, people have been questioning, where is God? When the Philistines killed about 4,000 Israelites in battle, the elders of the troops asked, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? As in 1 Samuel. The psalmist cries out, why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 10, verse 1. And then even from the cross, Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In our hurt and heartache, we have to realize we are not alone in this situation. But I think there's a couple of things that we can learn. And first, I want to look, as we look at the person of who Job is, we can get a sense that Job is discouraged. He's discouraged. He says, Today also my complaint is bitter, my hand is heavy on account of my groaning. Oh, that I would know where I could find him, that I might come even to his seat, is another translation. His complaint is bitter, his heavy hand. This is the uh, idiom of a heavy hand is like falling helpless, is anguish. So we question why is Job so discouraged? Well, one, I think he finally got discouraged because his friends keep telling him over and over Job, you're the problem. The reason all this is going on is because of what you were doing, what you were saying, what's going on in your life. The accusations. I don't think he's got very good friends. I think he's just got people that are just there, right? They keep speaking. And just imagine being in Job's shoes. You've lost your livelihood, your family, your health. And those that should have lifted you up in such a way of suffering are tearing you down and are blaming you. It would be like me going to that mother and father and being like, you know, you really shouldn't have had a kid this late in life. You know, the statistics were against you. We don't say things like that. but That's what his friends were doing. It's because of you and your experience. Perhaps some of you are here this morning having that experience of discouragement. Maybe those of you that should have been the greatest source of strength and encouragement, they never came to you. Maybe they said the wrong things when they did come. Or just cold to your cries of comfort and relief. We as the people of God need to be there to offer comfort to those who are hurting. This is the way of Jesus A a leper implored Jesus to heal him. He cried out. And Jesus, Mark records this, he says, Jesus was moved with pity. He stretched out his hand and he touched him and he said, I will be clean. And Jesus expects us as his disciples to do the same thing. We're not to be like these friends that just say, Well, sorry, it's a bad luck. But we need to be there to experience and to offer love and support in ways we can. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, Romans 12, 15. So as the body of Christ, I want us to commit ourselves to being solid comforters. Not to ignore the situations people are dealing with. It's easy to just say, well, they've got so much on their plate right now, I'll just... I'll let them be those are terrible friends reach out call them if you haven't seen them in a while ask them what's going on how can I help you how can I support you take them a meal just be in their presence but I think another reason that Job was discouraged is because he was probably discouraged with God It doesn't seem like that in this passage that Job's upset with God over his suffering per se, but but rather he's quite discouraged that that God has not yet come to vindicate him. Job's friends have raked him over the coals, and he just wanted God to, I guess, throw him a bone, to just interrupt the silence and say, Here I am, making it better, right? Right? You want God to to enter into that darkness, to break the monotony, to break the depression, to lift us up, to experience life. Job held fast to his integrity, and he just wants God to show up. Maybe we've experienced that similar discouragement, that pain and hurt, the subject of scorn and ridicule. And all we wanted was for God to show our family, show our friends, that we had done the right thing in his eyes. What do we do when it seems like God is never there? Where is God? So, So Job's dealing with this. And he's discouraged. But I think at some point Job gets to a part where he's going to declare what's going on. He's, he's defending God. Job uses the language of a court to declare that he wishes to go before God with a host of arguments. Almost as like a, a lawyer. He's going to stand up and speak on behalf of God. He has suffered so intensely in deep mental and physical anguish. He has three friends that are just accusing him of all this wrongdoing. God has not answered Job. And they're asking him to to give up on God. And all Job wants to do is to take all those arguments before God and lay everything out on the table. It's this idea of reasoning, right? Maybe you've done this. And I, and I keep going back to this, but, but I have a two-year-old. Did y'all know this? Yeah, it's my, my running joke, right? Um, you don't reason with a two-year-old, do you? It, it does not happen. Shelly, do it doesn't happen, does it? Okay, she does pee pack in case you didn't know. But I've laid before Lily Grace. and I'm like, Lily Grace? You are not going, this was yesterday, you are not going to Hobby Lobby if you do not eat your chicken and dumplings. I All done, mama, all done. You are not all done. You will not go to Hobby Lobby, because that's where she wanted to go, if you do not eat your chicken and dumplings. God, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. We lay it out. We, we, God, this is what I've experienced. You have put me here. I am dealing with this pain and this heartache and this emotion. My friends are over here dealing me with a hot load of crap. Sorry, excuse me. And all this that I have to deal with. And I'm stuck here in the middle trying to live in this place. Where are you, God? You lay it out on the table, right? God, where are you in this time of hurt? Job says this isn't going to be a one-sided argument. He gets here and he listens to his friends. He knows they're wrong. He knows they're probably crazy. And he looks to God, which is where we should all be. We rely on our friends for love and support. But when that's not always there, we turn our eyes to God, to Christ and what he's doing in our lives. Here's the whole point. Job had convinced a picture of what God was supposed to do in this circumstances. He was convinced of it. This is how it's supposed to be. And God didn't act according to those wishes. God acts according to God's will, not ours. In the garden, Jesus himself prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. James reminds us as well in James chapter 4, verse 15. It says that we need to seek the Lord with our lives. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. You see, in this place, when we are stuck in this situation of of life and friends and our hurt and heartache and what God is calling us to, it's in this place that we say, God, show me your will. We don't lay it on the table and say, God, this is how it needs to be. God has far greater wisdom than we carry, than we can even think of. So... Job is hurting. He's defending. And he's also distant. When we get to that pain, we push everybody away, don't we? We don't want to be around other people. We don't want to let people in to experience our vulnerability. We put on appearances. All too often in my life, I've, I've looked and I've, I've seen times where I'm like, oh, it's okay. Everything's good. and I have that that fake plastered smile on my face. And I'm dealing with the hurt of all hurts. In between Lily Grace and Addie, I had two miscarriages. I was 13 weeks pregnant with our would-be, I guess, second child. Jonathan had gone on a trip and I began to miscarry the baby. I was completely alone. I had church. I'd signed up to help work walk to the mass. So I went that week and and had the procedure to take care of what was going on. And I put that fake smile as I went. And helped lead a walk of women to Jesus Christ. But I was so distant. There was no way that I was letting anybody even know what was going on in my life. It was my personal hell. My personal place of hurt and torture. And because I didn't let anybody in, that... Experience just began to bubble and fester. I even pushed God away. God, I'm here in this place. I'm going to smile and sing. But my voice was never seeking the blessings of God. I was dealing with hurt and turmoil and pain all alone, even though I was around people. Job's the same, he becomes distant. When we're suffering, if God doesn't act according to our desires, do we even begin to believe that that God is distant, that God's not there? We begin to think that, God, you don't even care about me in this place, in this time. But God is here, walking us through our difficult times, our difficult places in life. The trials and tribulations we face, you do not have to do this alone. While Job had cruddy friends, they were there. And he knew that he could look to God. So where are you in your hurt? Maybe you don't find yourself in that place right now. Maybe you find yourself happy, and that's great. Remember this for a time in which you do, because they will come. Are you discouraged? Are you defendant? Are you distant? We can see Job in all these things. This morning, the the sermon is called Where is God when bad things happen? And for that is the question Job wants answered. But what I find quite interesting is that Job has already answered that question. If you look at your scripture again, he said, oh, verse 3, oh, that I could know how to find him, to come to his dwelling place. Another version says, oh, that I might know where to find him, that I might come to his seat. God's seat refers to the throne of God. Psalm 9 says, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. No matter what struggles come our way in this life, we can know that with confidence that God reigns and all is well. It is he who will see us through every struggle It is God who will provide us an eternal home when we lose the struggle against death. And it is God who will resurrect these bodies with the same power that he used to raise his holy son. We know where God is. He's enthroned in heaven, reaching out to us in this place. May we look. To the grace of God, may we look to him knowing that we're not in this alone, and he will be there for us. Do you need to come this morning and submit to God's will in order that God might bless you in your suffering? Do you need to come this morning and experience a presence of God that is not distant, that is not putting you in harm's way, but God that is there lifting you up? We're all going to deal with suffering, but may God bring us through. And will God provide a way that we can see his great love? Will you join me as we pray? Eternal God, we bow this day aware of all the mysteries of life which will always be beyond our understanding and comprehension. We will either have or will stand in the company of Job and and utter our complaints. When days go bad, we feel as abandoned as Job did and we ask why. When life is unfair and we feel that you are being heavy-handed with our destiny, we also complain bitterly. When there is no answer, we too wonder how you could feel so far away from us. And we too wish to know where you might be. Oh God, be near in such times even when we cannot feel you near. Give us strength and courage and fortitude in the middle of life's most difficult moments. Give us courage to bring our anger and our frustration before you. Give us courage to raise our fist in anger, yet keep the conversation with you in our turmoil. Give us courage to be open, transparent, and honest in our search for you. Oh God, give us courage. Give us courage for all of life's storms. That whatever storm life presents, we pray that you will give us the ability to trust though we cannot see what is ahead, to maintain hope, though life momentarily would drag us to despair, and to believe that you will provide us with victory and triumph. Be our God and our guide. Amen.